You're used to substitute teaching one day at a time, but now you've got a multi-day assignment. Whether it's three days, three weeks, or three months, it requires a little extra attention. Man, I tell you what, it was obvious last week that you guys are ready to get back to work because that episode in which we talked about whether you were only substitute teaching until you found something better, well, that was our most popular. It got more downloads in its first week than anything we've done since February. So everybody's ready to get back to school. I spent my last week as a substitute teacher in teacher training. They asked me to go ahead and come by and start training for a week. Our students will get back on Wednesday of this week, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'll tell you why, especially because of some things that happened this week. I'm looking forward to it. Got to see a lot of the kids, but let me save that just for a moment and bring you up to date on what's going on in our area. I will not give you my opinion, but I'll just state the facts and tell you what's happened. Our governor in the state of Kentucky has made a mandatory requirement now that we're all going to be wearing masks, students and teachers, inside the school building. Didn't do anything else for any of the industries, any of the restaurants, anything like that. Now, do I like the decision? Not going to say that. You might know by the tone of my voice. Will I support it? Obviously, I'll support any decisions that our schools are required to make. I know it made for an interesting day in my classroom one day this week because the assistant principal came up and one of the teachers next door to me, they both walked in and they knew, you know, most of the science-related classes, they have tables because you do projects more so than just writing on paper. So rather than desk, they have tables. That means then that even with a large room like I have, it just takes more room to get everybody in there. And while I have a class as small as 17 students, I have two classes of 30 students. So we had to reconfigure that because we wanted to make sure that we were in with, within the guidelines that we were told. So we did all that. We, we came up with a fan-shaped classroom environment, maybe not as conducive for some of the group projects we're going to do. I mean, it's a biomedical class, so we're going to end up getting into forensics and DNA analysis, a lot of cool stuff like that. That that part of it I'm really looking forward to. Some of the students that have had this teacher before, I'll talk about career pathways here in just a moment. They can probably teach this some of my classes now because they've been through them and they've, they're at the next level now. But that's the decision we've made in the school systems. Our State Board of Education has also decided that they will comply with the governor's decision. I understand it was a unanimous vote, although there was quite a bit of heated argument that went into that vote. 
Not only have they agreed with it, they have said we're going to do this for the next 270 days, which I guess makes sense because it's easier to do it that way and back off of it if things change than it is to try to make decisions one month at a time and redo it again next month and next month. So we're back to that, but I got to see a lot of students and I think they're adapting to it better than some of the adults are. So that's where we are in our state for right now. I did see that in our state, there were like 4,000 new cases yesterday alone, and we are seeing a much higher percentage of children at our children's hospitals than we did I don't know what wave we're in now, but I know this is the variant that we're talking about now. By the way, if you're listening to this in the future, I like to say this is actually the August 15th, 2021 episode. So that's where we are now. Is it a perfect situation? Well, of course not. It's not perfect when one student gets sick, regardless of the sickness, or get injured or anything like that, but it's just something you have to deal with. I'm excited about this week's topic. I've talked a lot about long-term subs. I wanted to change that vernacular a little bit to multi-day subs because anything over one day is sort of long-term. It's out of the ordinary and we will talk today. I've mentioned it on a lot of episodes, but we've never really done a episode just about multi-day substitute teaching. And yes, there is a difference. Let's just say the difference right off the bat is when you're in there for one day, even though you want the kids to do well, you want the teacher to be happy with the job you did so that they will schedule you in the future you still aren't going to concentrate quite as hard or have to put in as much effort as you would if you're going to be a multi-day teacher. In effect, once you're a multi-day substitute teacher, well, you're actually in teacher mode more so than just fill-in mode. And that changes your whole rationale about how you want to approach things. Let me tell you what I think is the most important part. I'll start with number one. I've got several things written down here that's different for a multi-day substitute than it is for a single-day substitute. But let's start with this. I've done an episode before about remembering names, but it is especially important if you've got those kids more than one day. Not only is it helpful for you It is heartbreaking, believe me, to those kids when you remember other students' names and don't remember theirs. I remember my first long-term job. It was when the freshman class I have this year was in the sixth grade, so we're talking three years ago. I remember that across the sixth grade students, I had nine girls named either Kaylee or Caitlin or Callie, I guess was the other one. And that really messed me up. It was hard to keep straight. And I finally learned them. Some of them played some of the sports that I officiated. So that helped me a little bit remember their names. But 
names are extremely important. Here's what happened to me this week. I guess my busiest day was Wednesday. That's when I got all my materials ready for the next week, including any copies I needed. And that's also when we got the classroom moved around to be CDC compliant. Thursday, I'll call it one of the funnest days I've had. And <laughs> it had nothing to do with teaching. It was freshman orientation. And I just mentioned a few minutes ago that the freshmen this year, I had probably 70% of them my first long-term job in the sixth grade. And we've always been close. And I told the gentleman in charge of organizing, I said, I know you've already got things organized, but I know most of these kids. I'm just going to kind of hang around and, and talk to them and greet them as they come in. And he thought that was a great idea. It ended up being there was so many kids that showed up that hadn't registered in advance that I ended up getting pulled away and put at a table to register some of those students. And it was so much fun because I, I, could, I could hear them saying, hey, there's Mr. Collins. And there I was at the table with those kids that I haven't had in, for, for the most part, other than sports, that I haven't had in three years. And I knew they were going to ask me, do you remember my name? Okay, three years ago. You know, I kind of I anticipated this, and I cheated because I still had their photographic seating charts from the sixth grade in my phone. No, I didn't pull out my phone and start looking them up. I actually anticipated this to happen. And a couple of days ago, or I should say days before that, I looked back through those pages and reminded myself of names. And it was so cool for both me and them that I remembered their names. I pointed to them and called them by name, and, and they were almost shocked. They were so blown away. And later in the day, those same students would continue when they saw me come up and talk to me. And I already established a rapport with them. Now, the, I won't see as many of them later. I've got this biomed class, and I think there's probably, it's a multi-grade class, so you can actually take it 9, 10, 11, or 12th grade. And I've got some of all four classes in there. But the idea is that it's a career pathway. High school is so cool because you're starting to get into career motif and the students are allowed to pick some electives. This is mentioned in the material that if you're interested in getting into the medical field, the biomed pathway is the way to go because it starts with a biomed class in your first year. Then it goes to human body systems or a type of anatomy class in the second year, and then medical interventions after that. So it gives you a career pathway. So usually the ones that take the first class in this series are either freshmen or sophomores because 
that would give them time to take all three classes before they graduate. Not always the case. I've got some upperclassmen in the class two along with the freshmen. They probably thought the class sounded interesting and they wanted to take it for that reason, but they're obviously not in the career pathway because they can't get the other two classes taken in time. It's just an interesting class to know. I love the biomedical field. I have investments in the biomedical field that have done well, a little bit more risky than others. Obviously, the last two years have been crazy as far as what some of those stocks have done and reacted in the form of vaccinations and all that kind of thing. But it's really a cool field. But I was able to run into those freshmen and it meant so much for me to remember their name. I ran into one of the coaches, and he mentioned that some of the players that when he told them that I was their substitute teacher, they were excited. I was excited to have them in my class. Do you have to become best buddies with all those students? Well, of course not, and you probably shouldn't because that opens yourself up for favoritism. But should you develop a relationship where you're excited to see those students and they're excited to see you? Absolutely. And when you're a multi-day substitute teacher, it's much easier to do that. Can you do it at schools you do one day at a time? Well, of course. And in fact, a lot of you do because the schools that like you will call you back for a different class time after time. And you'll end up seeing a lot of those students multiple times, but it's not the same as being a multi-day teacher. So task one, when you're there for several days in the row, take the picture directory home with you, do whatever you have to do so that you can call them by name immediately. One of the last things the freshmen did on Thursday was walk around and walk through their class schedule. So I made sure I was in my room standing at my door so I could greet them if they were coming to my class. If it's someone that I hadn't met yet, I made sure I learned their name. I wrote it down after they left and just kind of put something on there that would remind me who it was. So hopefully it'll be easier. Now, I also know that when we do seating charts, they're wanting us to do them alphabetically because of the pandemic, because if we have to do some contact tracing, it's just simpler when a student has to be out if we know immediately, without a doubt, who was sitting around them. And if we just put everybody in alphabetical order, it's easier to do that. So first thing, make sure you go out of your way to remember names. It's hard there are memory books that will help you that you can probably get for a couple of bucks on Amazon now. Read one of those. It's pretty fascinating on how they have you remember names. They basically have you associate the name with a feature on the person's face. So give one of those books a try. I think that maybe the next thing we'll talk about is volunteering for a lot of stuff. Like I said, I sent emails to make sure that the guy in charge of the freshman orientation knew I wanted to help out, volunteer for things. Don't make your multi-day stay inconvenient for the administration. In fact, I would say do it to your advantage before they have a chance to ask you, hey, could you cover this? 
think about some things that you could cover outside the normal aspects of the job that fit conveniently into your schedule so that when you offer, maybe they'll take you up on that offer rather than assigning you something that would be more inconvenient. I'll give you a for instance. I officiate, as you know, and I want to try my, I'm going to have to try my best to leave school right at three o'clock so I can get to the ball games I have to officiate. So, and on the flip side, I'm an early riser. Haven't been able, I don't even sleep past five o'clock on the weekends. I don't know what it is. It's just the way my mind operates. So I volunteer to do things in the morning. I'll tell them I'm always here at seven o'clock, if not a little bit earlier. If you've got a job like bus duty, hallway duty, I would love to do that. And then that way I can leave at three. I would go ahead and tell them that I want to leave at three. And they understand that most of them already know I'm an official. And anyway, now I have known the teacher told me that I don't think they're planning on even putting me in the duty schedule, but I'm going to volunteer for for some things because I want them to ask me back again. So that's what I would recommend you do. Volunteer so that administration has a good feel for you and will ask you back again. Preparation-wise, here's what I do. And I guess I have a little bit of advantage because they've actually paid me to come in and work this week, even though the students weren't there. But you could do this at home. I did meet with the teacher enough that she went ahead, and this will mean something to most of you, she went ahead and included me in her Google Drive, included me in her Google Classroom so I can see all the assignments. So here's what I did. First of all, we're going to be meeting three days this week with the students, I should say. So I went ahead and and prepared all the materials. I mentioned that earlier, prepared all the materials, made all the copies I would need. And I went through the motions as if I was teaching the class. I didn't stand up and talk through it, but in my mind, I went through all the assignment sort of like I was a student. I went through it just as I thought a student would see it so that maybe I can anticipate the questions they're going to ask. So I did all that, and I've got my first week ready. Now, we don't get into that many meaty things that first three days. But when we come back, man, we hit the ground running because when you're in a career pathway series of classes like this, you got to keep them on their toes. You got to keep them busy all all the time. There's not going to be a whole lot of breaks involved because when you're talking about biomedical, we're going to reenact crime scenes. We're going to investigate the biomedical aspects of what you'd find in a crime scene. Again, I talk about DNA all the time because I just think that the technology has gotten so great in that area that it's just kind of a cool thing to do. I mentioned to some of the freshmen that came by my room when they were walking through their schedule that that's one of the things that, that we would do. And they're excited. They thought that was so cool. We're actually going to be touching on DNA of an apple and of their own saliva. So it's going to be a cool thing to do. So make sure that you do that for my second week. I didn't make copies yet, but I did go through all that 
as well to make sure I understand everything that we'd be doing in the class. Those first two weeks or uh, full weeks are going to have a couple of quizzes. I took the quizzes because I want to be able to understand it as well as them. So that's just something you can do to be prepared. You've got that multi-day assignment. Well, try to get with your teacher, get linked up with them enough so that you can study ahead of time, and it just makes things flow so much easier because you know the process that they're getting ready to go through, and you can therefore anticipate the questions that they're going to ask. So that's a cool thing to do, too, when you're multi-day. Now, the final topic I'll talk about is a little bit different at every grade level. In fact, it's going to be, a. have got one class that's all juniors and seniors because they're in the third length of that pathway. So they're finishing up. The others are a mixture of everybody. So the way you put students at ease is different at every grade level. I usually talk about trust. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll throw out the line, something to the effect of, I trust all of you guys until you give me a reason not to. So especially in high school, I'll tell them that they're adults now. I'm going to treat them differently than they were in middle school. We will we'll get along great because I like to enjoy the class as much as teach the class. I like to have fun in the class as much as teach the class. And all those components go together. First day... And I know the teacher has given me some icebreaker type stuff, but she's told me to feel free to as do as as much of it as I want or interject my own ideas. One thing that I like to do is just tell them, feel free to ask me a personal question. Now, a lot of teachers aren't bold enough to do that. And you know where some of the questions from high school students might lead you. And you've got to be careful, obviously, but I don't have any problem saying I can't answer that. Or in some cases, I probably can't remember it. But icebreakers that put their minds at ease, and it's I think they always think it's cool to learn something about their teacher that maybe they didn't know before. I've done all kinds of funny things in my life. They might ask me, what movie have I seen more in the theater than any other? I know what that answer is. What's my favorite song ever? I know what that answer is. What's my favorite song of any song that was released in the last 10 years? I know what that is. So stuff like that. Now, they're going to ask personal questions. How long was your hair in, when you were in high school? I joked to actually one of the students, one of the gentlemen that has grown his hair out a little bit since I knew him in the sixth grade, I said, man, you're wearing your hair about like I did when I was in high school. And he just laughed and he said, yeah, to be honest, I'm thinking about getting cut because it's starting to get on my nerves. But any type of conversation you can have to break the ice, figure out ways to put those kids at ease so that they feel comfortable coming up and asking you questions class-wise or personal-wise. I mean, I don't turn any questions away. I do know one thing that has been shared with me as students. 
that some teachers have used and some that I respect have used this and some teachers that I love very much have used this, but I'm not crazy about the response of when a student asks you something to just say, you should already know that. Well, that's totally true, but all of a sudden you are now making that student more reluctant to ask you a question. The student just flat told me in years past that they wish they were in my class because the teacher they had made that comment to them and they didn't want to go ask that teacher any more questions. And so they asked me the question because they didn't want to get behind. So be careful about negative things. Now, you're going to learn as you go. I, I have a very sarcastic sense of humor, but you have to be careful with that. Some kids will love it. Some will joke back, back at you. Some don't like to be treated that way in front of others. So you really have to be careful with the kind of things that you share. Doggone it, I had a lot more things on the list. I always like to stop at about 25 to 30 minutes because I know how people's attention time spans are. Mine's the same way. So I would encourage you, multi-day jobs require special attention. You need to learn names. You need to volunteer for activities. You need to work ahead through your lesson plans, read through them so that you know what's going through the kids' heads and you can anticipate questions. And finally, figure out some ways to put those students at ease so that they are comfortable sharing with you, asking questions with you, and approaching you on any topic that might pop into their head.